This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Dean Jones. Rest in peace, mate. This podcast is proudly sponsored by O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Hello and welcome to Lunch With Lee. I'm your host, Shane Lee. Today on the show, Anthony LaPaglia, Australian actor working across film, TV and theatre. He's appeared in the Australian films Looking for Alabrandi, Holding the Man, Lantana and Balabo. He's also appeared in American television series Without a Trace, Empire Records and Frasier, to name a few. He's won a Golden Globe, a Primetime Emmy, a Tony Award and a lot more. He's also a mad football supporter and goalkeeper and he's part owner of the International Goalkeepers Academy. And Warren Mundine, an Australian Aboriginal leader and politician. He was the National President of the Australian Labor Party and also the Chairman of the Coalition Government's Advisory Council. He's now the Chairman of the Australian Indigenous Education Foundation. He's also a mad football lover and he's also been involved with Sydney FC. Let's get started. On the show today, I've got Anthony LaPaglia, he's an Australian actor, working across film, TV and theatre, but yeah. the thing about you, mate, you're a mad football supporter. How are you, Anthony? Oh, love it. The Premier League just started off. Mate, it's all happening. So also on the show today, we've got Warren Mundine, he's an Australian Aboriginal leader and politician, he's also a mad football nut. Welcome, Warren. Uh, thank you very much. You forgot to mention that I won the under six uh, uh, 20-yard run, yeah. Mate, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Well, you forget a legend and warrior, too. That's what he is as well. Yeah, Anthony, you two actually know each other through, was it Sydney FC where you two met? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've met at Sydney FC. We've met a few times, haven't we, Warren? Yeah, we have, we have. Look, we had a few lemon squashes together and that, yeah. It's, look, it's a lovely bloke. Yeah, same, same. I enjoyed I enjoyed my time speaking to you. I want to ask you both a question. Do you think it's it's harder to survive 30 years in Hollywood, Anthony, or, or 30 years in politics, Warren? <laughs> what's, what's tougher? Because I'll tell you what, you've done bloody well, both of you, to survive that. <laughs> yeah, someone said to me, they said, what's it like with all these people trying to stab you in the back? And I said, well, they, they've given up now. My back's full of knives, so they're coming at the front. <laughs> yeah, I actually prefer that. I used to say when I lived in New York, I like New Yorkers because they don't stab you in the back, they stab you in the front. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're they up do. front, yeah. You know where they're coming from. But no, I, I don't envy you at all, Warren. <laughs> yeah, that's what my wife says. My wife's tried to commit me a couple of times in a mental institution, but <laughs> we got there. <laughs> I think I think fundamentally the problem is now because, I mean, I'm speaking because I'm in LA, but I st- I'm starting to see that the same system is creeping into Australian politics. What politicians now, it's about... I'm excluding you, Warren, but like for the most part, for the minute they get elected, they have to start raising funds for the next fucking election. Yes. And so they're spending no time on their constituents. And so I, I just think you have to take campaign spending out of politics. Look, I agree 100%. This is an issue that we were talking about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but uh, because that's all we did. Yeah, you just had to raise so much money, and, and you, you started to lose sight of what your job was. You, you know, which is was actually going out, meeting people, listening to them, and working for them. And, and in actual fact, you were just working, uh, you know, hundred percent of the time just to get reelected. Yeah, it's like you were running a not-for-profit organization. I mean, it's what's wrong in politics. You know, you know, in a very broad scheme of things, you have now these. I mean, here it's like it's gone beyond the pale. Here, we've got people. They on the news. They will watch themselves saying something six months ago, and now watch themselves saying the complete opposite with no fucking shame. 
None. 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 It just bootlickers, all of them. And, you know, and I'm just worried, you know, I don't want Australia to go the same way. Well, my concern is, unfortunately, uh, Anthony, is that it, uh, I see it. I, I actually see it, and uh, and it is, a, it is a massive worry. Because you guys are still a democracy. You were about to witness, you know, uh, the end of America <laughs> as you know it. While I was waiting for you guys, I just watched it on a bit of stuff on, on TV there. And uh, I'm, uh, look, I, it's like it's going to come to World War Three this election. I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. This man is honestly mentally unstable. If you want to get frightened, honestly, there's a documentary on at the moment called Unfit. And it's him. And it starts with five world-renowned psychologists and psychiatrists. They say... They have a duty, a duty to inform. And that came from a case in the 60s where a guy went to his shrink and he said, I'm going to go home and kill my girlfriend. And he did. And But the shrink didn't warn the girlfriend. So then they brought in a law here where you have a duty to tell. So all these psychiatrists are coming out and saying, he is mentally unstable. He really is frightening and mentally unstable. And I had to turn the, the documentary off halfway through. Because I, I started to feel sick because of what I think he's trying to orchestrate. Right. People hate his guts here. Yeah. Do you think we get back in, Anthony? I actually think, and I, oh God help me, I think it's going to be—he's going to get demolished. He's a bit of a media genius, but I'll give him that. You know, he's not a media genius. He—he he just understands certain things, like his his ex-wife said in an interview that he used to read Hitler's speeches a lot. Jeez. And the one thing he learned from Hitler's speeches was this. If you say something three times, we did a brilliant job. We did a perfect job. We handled the pandemic fantastically. We were fant- If you say it three times, it's real. And if you listen to him speak, it's what he gotcha. does. Mm, yeah, he does that. But he's not a mm. genius. He's, he's got animal instinct, but mm. he is... He's, you know, I, I want to say autocrat, but he's beyond autocrat. Yeah, narcissist. Uh, Warren, yeah. Warren, you, you were um, on the record saying that um, when you were like really in love with the old Labor here, you know, the Keating and Hawke days, yeah. and it and the, and the whole party's changed. Is that still the case? Do you think? Yeah, look, that's a concern I have. It's a, uh, it, it's just the political landscape, and, and as uh, Anthony was talking about, you know, we usually follow America, you know. 10 years later on, on some of this stuff. And, uh, look, I, I am a Hawke-Keating Labor man, you know. The, I come up through that working working class area. Me too, mate. I love them. Yeah, I love mm. them. And, and, mate, I just love them. And, and my kids, uh, I remember once, uh, this is when Hawke was still alive, he, uh, we, we, he, we was at this function and, and Hawke was there. And, and, he, and he goes, oh, Wazza, how are you going? And, you, and he went to shake my hand and my son just rushed through, knocked me out of the way, and just said, "Good day, mate. How are you going?" And Hawkey <laughs> said back, "Good day, mate." Back to him, and he just went, "Oh my god, I've just, I've just gone, died, and gone to heaven." And this is what these blokes were geniuses. They were, they, they were fair income, you know, down to earth people who you could talk to, and they did some really great things for this country. Mm. And, that. and I'm concerned now that we, uh, you know, with the politicians, we're losing them. And he was a, he was a Rhodes Scholar, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You have this image of the Rhodes Scholar being a bit of a tough, tough, but he, he was so down to earth. And, he, and I remember going to the cricket and watching him sculling all those beers. And I'm going, gee, I hope. I remember watching him do the yard of beer. It was unbelievable. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boys, I remember um, I was part of the 99 Cricket World Cup and we beat Pakistan at Lords. Yeah. And uh, at Lords, to get onto the onto the pitch, you've got to walk down through the, you know, the, the long room with all the members there. And I remember when we bowled Pakistan out, yeah. Hawkey was in there and he's yelling out, we've got these bastards. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. That's good when we wanted as Prime Minister. That's who I want as President of the United States, <laughs> the American version. Yeah, we, we just – I don't know what's happened with politicians today. They're just uh, – it's just they don't have that that personal touch. Like those blokes, they could talk to – they could talk to a billionaire, they could talk to a worker. Yeah. And, and they could talk to a person who's living on the street and they were able to relate to them and that. that you know, we don't get that. Yeah, well, everyone's scared now. No, because now we've got like politically correct yep. cancel culture. Yeah, that's right. You know, you, you say, you're like, I'm a dinosaur, right? Yeah. And I have a 17-year-old daughter. And she's, you know, she's on top of all the issues, mate. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times a day I get in trouble. Mm. <laughs> just for being me. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's not, not that I'm racist. It's not that I, it's just that there are so many definitions of so many different things now. You just can't be a person. No, it's hard. Everyone's scared to say anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I just keep my foot in my mouth. I don't really and Anthony, has, has, <laughs> Anthony has, has Hollywood changed in line with that sentiment, do you think, in the last yeah, 10 yeah, years? Absolutely. Yeah, because it's um, – I, I read some stuff about you saying it was really – Well, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein didn't help. No, he didn't, did he? No. I mean, every actor in Hollywood was just holding their breath. Yeah. What are, what are you working on now, mate? Me? Yeah. Oh. Mate, I've got four things on the runway, but none of them can take off because of COVID. Gotcha. But I'm coming to Melbourne. Uh, the first one is, is actually, uh, I just heard yesterday, going to happen in Melbourne. Beautiful. With um, Essie Davis and Judy Davis. Beautiful. Can, can, you, can you mention what that is at this stage or still in the uh, – I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not. Um, Okay. It's controversial. Wow. Um, I like it already. Uh, well, when you said it was in Melbourne, I thought, well, what are you going to do, the Birdman of Alcatraz again? With <laughs> 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 all the lockdown, everyone's locked up. You know what? You can, you can knock him, but you know what? Got the job done. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that's a, yeah, a bit of an Aussie knock. You know, if we didn't knock people, we wouldn't be Aussies. <laughs> Sometimes I, I ring up my mates in Melbourne and I just say, what's it like being in the leper colony of, Vi- of Victoria? <laughs> my wife is stuck to her at the moment. So, you know, I, I get the, you know, we're trapped and Dan's keeping us hostage. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, boy, did you, hear the, did you hear the sad news overnight? We lost a great Victorian in Dean Jones last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that rocked me. I remember watching him play. He was a, he was a, a magnificent uh, athlete magnificent sports person and that and a, a really a really good guy i've seen him in uh some of the interviews and stuff and you know it's just tragic he, he went too early as well yeah yeah well he was actually um so he was he was training in the hallway with my brother brett when he had a when he had a heart attack so i haven't spoken to brett yet but yeah brett had to try and revive him so it was a bloody horrible story on on, on a lot of on a lot of fronts oh my god was this yesterday this was last night yeah oh how old is he only fifty nine had a heart attack. And he's pretty fit too. Yeah, you, listen, I'm sixty sixty two now. Yeah, and uh, I've had a run in with the you know with the hospital a few times. I nearly got. I, I have a typical Aussie husband. You know, I was. I was this is a, uh, eight years ago. I was at home. We had a barbecue, and that's so I was cleaning up. And I said to the missus, oh, "I'm a bit tired." 
I might go and have a, you know, get in the in the bath and just and she goes, oh yeah, okay, I'll finish cleaning up. So I went anyway. I passed out in the bath. So the wife comes in and goes, oh my god, you know. So she she woke me up and then she said, I'm going to call an ambulance quick. And I said, I oh, don't call an ambulance. That'd be stupid, you know. I'm just a, just a bit, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So she finally threatened to get the ambulance there, and I said, "I said that's embarrassing. The neighbours seeing me taken out in an ambulance." So I jumped in the car yeah. and drove up the hospital. Typical bloke. And I go and I went, went up to the nurse in the emergency services, and I go, "Look, I'm really sorry to bother you, but I've got this pain in me in my chest." And next minute, zoom straight through the system. I, I had, this, I had um, uh, kidney stone. Mm. Oh no! Ouch! Painful. Oh, painful. It's, not like, it's not like a heart attack, but Jesus. Uh, and, and I walked myself into the hospital because I didn't want to, you know, cause yeah, any trouble. Yeah, that's what happened to me. It was so funny. The doctors are pissing themselves laughing. They're sitting there going, and they, they say, I tell them the story about it, and they said, gee, you're lucky you got a nagging wife, otherwise you'd be dead. Yeah, exactly right. And that, there's a lesson in that. There's a lesson in that. But that's one of the things we try and talk about on, on Lunch with Lee is that the underlying themes about men's health because we always try and we all self-diagnose, don't we? And uh, so oh, we yeah, uh, WebMD. But we, have to, we are. We have to get our heads <laughs> out of the out of the ground. Yeah. Hey, Anthony. Um, I was going to ask you, you. You've worked with some amazing actors over the years. So I've got two questions for you. Who Who was yeah. the one actor, if you if you could pick one, that you most enjoyed working with? And is there another actor you haven't worked with who you would like to work with in the future? Oh, that's such a that's a tough question because I've been really lucky. Yeah, I tell you, I'll say Alison Janney because we did a play together for a year on Broadway, a one year run. And that's when you really get to know someone. That's when you really get to rely on someone. And she's an incredibly talented woman. Yes. Did you see the Tonya Harding movie? Yes. She, she played the mother. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, Alison, she's just a genius actress. But I've, I've worked with so many talented people. It's hard, hard to single them out. It's easy for me to pick out the bad ones. <laughs> who, who are they? But I wouldn't talk about them. That's not right. <laughs> we'll take a quick break now. We'll be back after lunch on Lunch with Lee. It's no secret I love a gin. And one of our sponsors here, Lunch with Lee, is the Gin Society, which I happen to be a member of. When you sign up, they'll send you a full size bottle of amazing craft gin delivered to your door every two months, plus the latest issue of their beautiful gin journal magazine. And a surprise gift absolutely free. Each gin is sourced by a team of experts looking for exclusive, unique, and exquisite drops from around the world. A subscription to the Gin Society is your passport to the world of craft gin. No strings attached, cancel any time. Check out the website www.ginsociety.com. All listeners of Lunch with Lee can enjoy an exclusive $20 off their order when they join the Gin Society. Simply visit www.ginsociety.com and just use the code LUNCHWITHLEE20 at checkout. Spartan Sports is recognised as one of the world's most exciting and innovative sporting brands with a community focus. Our product range across cricket, rugby, football, volleyball, basketball and fitness has been developed to sell directly to any club, school, corporate or individual. Go to our website and order directly to your front door, www.spartansports.com. Spartan Sports, unearth the warrior in you. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. 
John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, and Warren, mate, you've, you've done a, a lot of things. I love what you do around, you know, your passion around the Indigenous education, but do you have a, a, a highlight in your career so far that you're really, really proud of? I, I just, meeting those kids, and I, you know, I shared that with the Australian Indigenous Education Foundation, you, get, you meet these kids uh, in high school, you, we, get, we get them opportunities, they come from the really tough backgrounds, you know, they come from the Mount Druitts and, yep. and they come from these remote communities and that, and I just love them. They just, they're just so, they're just so articulate. They get it. They get in there and they just grab the opportunities with both hands and they just run with it. And I think of myself at that age when I, I said, "Gee, when I was your age, I was this shy little boy down the back of the classroom, and and you blokes are just grabbing these opportunities and running." With it. And look, we we got doctors and 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 some military officers and engineers and lawyers and everything that come through that that course there's 500 of them graduated through it and i just i just love meeting them because they're just so good to hang around with yeah what was it what was it what was it like growing up in the 60s as a as a young indigenous kid was it was it tough how did you find it personally uh well it was tough it was a different time and and some things that uh, anthony and i can relate to you know because yeah, there, there's a, a bit, you know, I had so many fights in the schoolyard that wasn't funny. It's just, just as. Me too. <laughs> just as, I was just lucky. I'm not comparing my, you know, my situation to yours. Being a wog, that was, yeah, even for white people, it was as low as you could go. Yeah. Yeah, I had this I had this moment because all these uh you know, these skips, these Anglo Saxons and that used to come and beat us up. And then one day they come to me and said, Oh, let's go down and, and, and we'd beat the wogs up and I'm I'm standing there going, mm, No, I think I'll go with the wogs things. <laughs> we had to wait we had to wait for the Asians to come in. Oh yeah. <laughs> pick on pick on someone else yeah, now. Right. Yeah, I know it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. No. Who's up next? But- Warren, I can't tell you how many fights I got in high school. Like <laughs> All the time, I was in fist, I was always getting kicked out of school. So as soon as blog stuff came up, I was my blood got hot. <laughs> it's funny how things change too, because I got some of those mates we used to bash up, and they used to bash me up. They're still my mates today. Because yeah. a lot of a lot of them are Italians too, because because uh, we used to get beat up together, and then we used to beat other guys up, and <laughs> uh, and so we and we have some great times. You know, here we, here I am. I've known them since kindergarten, and we're still mates today. You know, it's uh, and. We laugh about those days now, and because we had some good victories, and we stuck it up people, and uh, and but it was, tough. it was tough. I just feel sorry for my mum because I used to throw away sandwiches <laughs> that cost yeah. about twenty five dollars. Well, you you had a great we had a great food in your lunchbox, wouldn't you, Anthony? I used to throw away these, you know, fantastic, you know, paninis and gotcha. stuff with a waffle. There's one thing I got to give you. I got to give it to the Wogs, but there's one thing. I got, otherwise, I'd be still eating a Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, my, my father-in-law is Italian. He's from southern Italy. So um, one of the things I got from my wife's nonna before she passed away is all the all the recipes I wrote down. She are they amazing? Amazing to pass on to the kids. And um, even after fifteen years of being married, 
uh, her nonna still called me the boy. I was just, hey, the boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no my, my uncle, that's how he referred to me. He used to say, he'd go, yeah. Manicua, boy. And he, <laughs> I'd be about six, and he'd go, Manicua, boy. And he'd say to me, you know, in a China, they got the no fucky shoes. <laughs> and then he'd just walk away. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. No explanation. Let's go. They said, I'll tell you what, some funny things. Like, I used to sit there and meet their parents, and they go, Where do you come from? And I go, uh, I come from Crafton. <laughs> and they go, No, but where do you really come from? And I go, I go, I'm an Aboriginal. And they go, Oh, you're the real Australian, not like those silly Anglos. <laughs> That's true. Isn't it? That's so true. If you're enjoying this episode of Lunch with Lee, why don't you check out a previous episode with Roger Corsa and Ian Speed Kennedy, where we talk about what it's like to be a cop and how to act like one. Hey, Anthony, can it, you, you, you says here that you're part of the International Goalkeepers Academy. What, what, what is that? Yeah. Is that something you set up or uh, part of? Well, yeah, there's two things. There's, uh, you know, hashtag goalkeepers union. You love it. And it's just like, you know, everyone who's been a goalkeeper, there's a certain oh, certain masochistic quality you have as a goalkeeper. I love it. Yeah, and, and we all have that in common to some degree. But the, the Goalkeeper Academy was with – there's a fantastic guy, Jimmy Fraser, mm-hmm. who – yeah, Jimmy was the – Oh, to be the wow, yeah. Goalkeeper. Yeah, when they qualified in 74. I remember him. Jimmy was a legend. Yeah, that's right. He is a legend yeah. anyway. You ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> so Jimmy and I met up at uh, Sydney FC. He was the goalkeeper coach there. Gotcha. And he was really into giving back. And so he started an academy out in Blacktown. Brilliant. And I went in with him. And we'd take all these kids in from, you know, all the western suburbs and stuff and, um, you know, uh, try to give them a shot at being a goalkeeper. I really? think uh, Dean Bazanis was there. Wow. You know, Dean? Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. There's a few few boys that came out of there that have done, done pretty well. Australia over the years have produced some quality goalkeepers, you know, Bosnich and, and Spider and, yeah. yeah. You know why? Right, because uh, Americans do too because of hand-eye. Gotcha. Because we play sports with uh, like cricket, yes. football, uh, basketball, all kinds of different hand-eye sports and, and we tend to produce pretty good goalkeepers. Are there any um, – are there any uh, other actors that are that are, are good football players, Anthony? You've come across over the years. Oh uh, yeah. Um, well, well, Vinnie Jones. He, he was originally a footballer, wasn't he? Yeah, Vinnie, Vinnie Jones not an actor though. <laughs> <laughs> Too shade. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, he's been in some, he's been in some movies. He, Vinnie's all right. He's yeah. a good bloke. But you know, I wouldn't run around saying that anyway. But by and large. Not really. Uh, Robbie Williams was good. Yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, really yeah, he was a good player too. Oh, oh right. I, um, I, I played with um, Rod Stewart a couple of times. He was pretty good. Wow, yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd be good fun, I reckon, just to have a kick around. Yeah, with him. No. <laughs> we, used to, we used to get to the match just to see what Birdie was bringing. You know, That's which, right. Which, which, which model he pulled in with. He needed to be a good <laughs> goalkeeper there. Hey, um, I, I ask every guest on the show the same question, so I'll ask you first, Anthony. Um, what advice yeah. would you give to a, a young budding actor coming through right now in today's environment? Uh, that's a really good question. I would say you got to grow a pair, first of all. Okay. I think that a lot of kids now bit soft. Yeah, soft. not resilient, yeah. If you really want to do it, you, you really can't have a plan B. 
I love you that. You've got to commit. Mm. And that's a tough thing for people to do. A lot, of, a lot of young kids say, well, I'll try it for six months. It's like, well, maybe you'll get lucky at some, you know, yeah. percentage wise, it doesn't look good. But if you want to put in five years, six years, seven years, and just really commit to it, you got a shot. It's a really interesting um, thought that because I, I had this discussion with my brother Brett, and, and Brett said he had no plan B. He was a fast bowler, and he said yeah. if he didn't make it in cricket, he said he was stuffed. So it worked for yeah, him. Well, where where yeah, I, I, I was kind of like that with soccer. Uh, that was my only. Yeah, I was fixing it on, but I wasn't good enough. So I got lucky and fell into acting. And once I found it, I that was it. Yeah, I gotcha. knew. I didn't care if I made one cent at it. You have to approach it like you gotta love it. You just do it because you love it. That's it. And there's nothing else you want to do. And you've got to stay away from the fucking white noise. Yep. You got to stay away from comparative shopping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Gotcha. You can't compare to someone else. Yep. they're doing better than everyone's doing better than you somewhere. Of course. So you've just got to be single-minded and really focus on what what kind of act do you want to be. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to be famous because that's different? That doesn't work. Well, you don't. I mean, you can be famous. Yeah, but you don't have much range. That's right. But do you want to be an actor? Do you go do theatre. Go do mm. theatre for a couple of years mm. and really learn how to act. Yeah, cut That's your teeth. where you look. Yeah. Because you get up on stage, you know, you do eight shows a week. It's like being – look, you, there's a lot of correlation between being uh, – uh, uh, having played professional sports like you mm-hmm. and your brother, right, and, and Warren. You know what I mean? It's sports and acting, there's a lot of commonality between them. There is. The same kind of discipline – the same kind of single-mindedness, the same kind of toughness. I know actors get a reputation for being pusses, and to be honest, a lot of them are. But the really good ones that I know, they're tough. They really can take rejection. You think you have to, don't you? You, you, you don't last yeah, for any length of time in anything if you're not tough. Yep, yep. And it's, it's your ability to weather the cycle, you know, because all careers are cyclical. That's great advice. You're going to have good moments, bad moments. Mm. In the bad moments, you can't make that. People get stuck in this thing where they think, oh, this is so shit. This is representing the rest of my life. Mm. No, it's not. It's just this point in time. Yep. And you will work your way through it if you put your head down. Great advice. Warren, what advice would you give to a young politician, kid who wants to go into politics right now? I'd probably go to see a psychologist. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) it's it's a similar thing. Look. I'm a great believer, you know, if if you are if if you've got the passion, you know, and they go through hard times, you don't not earning the money, not even earning some money at some times and you're virtually no. living hand yeah. to mouth. But if you've got the passion and you just keep going and going and going, it, those you, things will fall you, into place. They fall into you, place. Yeah, I agree. You'll get your you'll get your chance. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, you'll get your chance. You just gotta be ready for it when it comes and recognise it. I totally agree with that. That's right. That, uh, that's it. And that's that's the opportunity for us, uh, you know, as adults. And that's what I say to these the kids. You've got to see, look at the opportunities. You've got to see that it, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. But you've got to pick your path. You just got to go, and you just got to go for it. Listen, it's so you know, Warren. It's so different for the kids now. Like, yeah, and as you said earlier, you got to ignore the white noise. You know, and if I let 
Pete, you know, all this racial crap that was tossed at me when I was a young bloke coming through. Oh, uh, mate. I would I would have packed up and given it away. And uh, but I just I just said no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. And my dad and mum they 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 gave me that that background to that. They said don't care what other people say. Don't don't care if they run you down or anything like that. You just got to prove, prove it wrong. wrong yep. Just keep going and no, keep it's going. True. It's true though, one, isn't it? Because there is a little mm. voice in you, like. I had so many people say to me in the beginning, you're joking, you're not, you're not going to do shit. You know, I didn't have much support becoming an actor, but there was just something in my head that said, no, oh, they're wrong. They're wrong. And I didn't I didn't make a buck for nine years. I was a bartender going to acting school. Uh, that's what I did at one stage. I was a barman uh, tended as well. It was yeah. about four, four years, yeah. Yeah, great job. Hey, Anthony, who, who were your role models growing up? My role models growing up, um, oh, you know, footballers, you know, like um, Gordon Banks and uh, Lev Yashin and uh, cool. Russian goalkeeper. Uh, then there was uh, Phil Parks and uh, there was guys in Adelaide, John Green. He was a goalkeeper for Juventus when I was a kid and – uh, he'd lost two fingers in a bandsaw accident. Jeez. And uh, he was still he was a great goalkeeper still. And, and and when I when I became a teenager, he kind of mentored me into the into the club. Wow. You know, so he was a he was a big inspiration for me. He was a great guy. And Warren, what about you, mate? Who were your role models? Well, it's one of the things when I was a young kid. It was actually Lionel Rose. He was nineteen, and he and he and I, like my my mum and dad were pretty strict uh, parents, and that you had to go to bed at certain time. Well, when he fought in, in Tokyo, they let us uh, sit up and listen to the radio. Well, wow. so I, I didn't even know where Tokyo was. I had to look it up. And the first <laughs> time I went to the library, I had to go and look it up on an uh, on an atlas, and. Uh, and I, and I said, and this bloke was nineteen, and he and he went out and he fought for this world title, and that taught me that you've got to prepare yourself. So you just just can't turn up and jump in the ring. You've got to you know you got to get in the gym. You got to work. You got to put the hard yards in the training. But, but anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. The kids don't want to hear that. My experience is now is I have a young, young actor come up to me and say, "How do I get in the business? How do I?" And, Sometimes I say the fact that you have to ask me means you don't want it enough. I never asked anyone. I just figured it out. But if I'm in a kinder mood, I'll say, okay, have you ever done an acting class? Have you ever done a little bit of theatre? They go, no. I wish do that. They don't want to hear that. They want to go straight to the top. They want to be on Neighbours immediately. And it's like, it's like you've got to put the yards in. Even even though acting looks like it's you know there's nothing to it, it's not. Look, it's not rocket science, but there's definitely things to it. There's a technique, there's a discipline, and you have to teach yourself those things. And you have to understand the medium that you're in. You have to understand what movie you're in. Some movies are comedies, some movies are not. You know, uh, you have to, there's a lot of subtlety, and so you have to educate yourself. I, I read a lot. You know, and I went to acting classes and I went to a lot of theatre and I watched tons of movies and, you know, I'd watch like Pacino and De Niro and Mickey Rourke, you know, all, when he was great. I, I would start, and I'd study the, old, the older actors like, you know, Spencer Tracy and 
Uh, you know, I just would watch all these old black and white movies. I just would try to absorb so much stuff once I'd committed to it. I just immersed myself in it in between bartending gigs. It's funny you say that. I did exactly the same in cricket. I always say to young kids, if you want to be a, an all-rounder or a bowler, pick pick the best person currently playing and actually copy what they do because if they're doing, they're doing yeah. the right thing. And yeah. for me, that was Ian Botham, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and Viv Richards and Dennis Lilly. I see, see young kids now, you know, like young young soccer players. And you know they're six or seven, and they're doing they're doing the Ronaldo rollover. You know it's like really brilliant. Right? You know they watch, they observe, they copy. But you really have to be obsessed. You know, for me it's that way. You know. Yeah, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. I think what I've heard today, it's it's great to hear, is that it doesn't really matter what background you come from. Anything's possible. There's no shortcuts in life. You got you got to do the hard you got to do the hard yards. You got to live it and breathe it and and own it. And first of all, fuck the optics. Don't care what other people think of you. It doesn't matter what they think of you. It's what you think of you. Are you a good person? Do you care about? Do you have compassion? All that kind of stuff. And what I wanted to say to Warren was, mate. Stay in politics and fucking sort them, sort them out. Keep them honest, mate. Yeah. No, you just got to go. And this, this is why I get a while sometimes, you know, there's people sit there and go, look, oh, you know, the Aboriginal people or black people and that, you're oppressed and you're not going to get anywhere and that. I say, crap. You just got to, just got, you know, it may be true. You may get abuse. You, you may get, you know, punch in the nose. That happened to me a lot. But you just got to keep going and you just got to get up and not become a victim. I'll tell you what, though, mate. They're not, they're not wrong. All right, boys, we'll wrap it up. But hey, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll see you guys soon and keep up the great work you're both doing. Thanks see you later. Thanks, Good on you. thanks Warren. Right. Bye, guys. Right. That's it for Lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Anthony LaPaglia and Warren Mundine. Thanks to Hilton Headley for your hard work behind the scenes. And thanks to Joey Proctor for helping out with the guests. Thanks to our sponsors, the Gin Society, Spartan Sports and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour, hit five stars. If you're passionate, leave a review. Come check us out on our socials. I'm at Lunch With Lee on Instagram. Next week, we'll be chatting some more complete legends about sport, music and business on another cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then. Oh,